So what we're going to do this morning is going to be a little bit different than what I planned for. During the worship, um, I felt like God spoke to me about Psalm 1. And so if you've got a Bible, can you turn to Psalm 1? It's quite a common psalm. We could probably, some of us who've been uh, believers for a few years, probably almost recite it word for word. It's quite common. If you've got a Bible, if you can have a little look at Psalm 1. And what we're going to do, we're just going to read this all together at the same time very slowly. So if you've got a Bible on your phone... Um, We're going to read from this one, which is the ESV, Um, so the English Standard Version, or some call it the Extra Smug Version, the ESV, just because it's quite um, a close translation to the original text. It's not too dynamic. So we're just going to read through this all together very slowly, and we're just going to see what the Holy Spirit says to us. We were going to look at Luke 4. Um, We'll maybe do that another week, maybe next week. but I feel like there's probably some life in this for us today. If, if God's asking us to look at this, then we'll see what it says to us. So I'm not too sure quite how this is going to go. Uh, I'm just going to pray. So maybe if you could all just take a moment, we're just going to pray. Yeah, King Jesus, we thank you that you are the living word. And as we approach your word right now, we know that we're approaching you. We're approaching you as a living God, ruling and reigning. You're the first, the last, the Alpha and the Omega. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you desire to be known. Your Holy Spirit has come literally to make you known to us. Living, breathing, speaking, leading and guiding. Lord, we thank you that you're interceding for us. You're fighting on our behalf. And Lord, your desire is to grow a huge family of every tribe, every nation, every tongue. Lord, help us to really focus in on who you are. That we, that we wouldn't approach this text overly familiar, but Lord, that you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit. We want to hear from you, Lord Jesus, that we might, we might be transformed by your living word, by fresh bread, fresh manna from heaven. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Right, you're with me? It's very quiet out there today, isn't it? It's very quiet, and you all sat around the periphery. <laughs> yeah. Is there no one downstairs as well? Okay, so we all got it? Psalm 1? Okay, so we're going to read it all together. It might take a a sentence or two for to hit a nice rhythm. We're not going to go super quick. I might, because I've drank too much coffee this morning. Um, But right, okay, you ready? Verse 1. So, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Okay, so we get this amazing image here of a person who has a choice. Like all of us, we've got a choice about how we're going to live, what we're going to do, the sort of person we want to be. If you look, watch any great movie, there's often this kind of thing hanging in the balance. I've just played, I, I invested a, a ridiculous amount of my life in a computer game uh, when I should have been doing my master's degree called Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, many of you won't have heard of it. It's basically a, a cowboy game. It's 
a very long game, and you're this character called Arthur Morgan, and you get to choose what sort of cowboy you're going to be. And you go through this world, and films like Star Wars have the same narrative. You know, like where you've got um, this person who's within them has got great power, and, and actually that great power is the power to choose. And it's like that for Arthur Morgan. He can, comes across people in everyday Wild West ways who have just been bitten by a snake at the side of the road. And you choose whether you get to suck the venom out or whether or not you decide to mug them and leave them at the side of the road to, to perish. And there's all these things that go on. You walk into a bar and it kicks off. You decide whether you're going to fight on behalf of the establishment and drive the people out. Or whilst the fight's going on, you're going to go and steal the money out of the till and take some whiskey with you as you go. Now, obviously, many of you don't... What did I choose? Yeah. You'd all like to know that, wouldn't you? You'd all like to know that. And, and then what happens is it's interesting, actually, how Adam spoke about reputation, because the very thing that defines this character is all of these acts, all of these little drops in the bucket, positive ones and negative ones, whether, whether your character becomes an honourable one or a dishonourable one. And then the nature of the game over time begins to change because everywhere you start to go later on in the game, you have a reputation and you're known for the person that you've chosen to become. We see that in Star Wars. We have these people, they get to choose whether they're going to be like, on, the, on the light side or the dark side. All of these actions, all of these decisions, whether they're going to be a person of peace and who tries to bring like, harmony and equilibrium in the world or whether they're a person of division who sort of brings anarchy in the world. Like Anakin, Anarchy. It's like, I think that's the name of, in Star Wars. That's why they went with that name. And so we see here, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So the person who chooses not to be dishonourable or doesn't stand in the way of, of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. And so we see here that for a person to be blessed... Whatever we define blessed as, but I guess we would put our hands up and say that's a positive statement. To be blessed of God is to be a person who willingly chooses not to entertain sin, slander, wickedness. I don't know about you, when I look in the news and look at what's going on in the world around us, there's a, there seems to be a lot of that going on. There seems to be a lot of slander, there seems to be a lot of sin, a lot of selfishness, a lot of wickedness. don't have to look much further than social media and you find even with things like Brexit, the polarisation of opinion, whether you're on the left, whether you're on the right, whether you're in, whether you're out, whether you're red, whether you're blue, whether you're green, whatever colour, you, do, you know, all of these different things... There's this polarisation that we see probably more prevalent in our society now than ever where, where people are pitted against themselves. And we see this polarisation even here. We see people who, who are giving themselves to God and they're blessed by giving themselves to God. And then we see others who are not giving themselves to God. They're giving themselves to something else, a different way. And so the result of delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on his word day and night so there seems to be like a regularity here in our commitment to the word of God. The law of the, the Lord. So obviously the, the psalmist would have been talking about the, uh, the Pentateuch, the first four books of the Bible. That's all they had at the time. Whereas we've got the wonderful blessing of having this whole kind of collection of 66 books written by a number of authors. And the promise here is that if we meditate on this regularly, consistently, day and night... Like, what do you do every day that's day and night? 
But, yeah, yeah. But, that, that, that you can share publicly without anyone getting embarrassed. What do you do? Eat. Why do you eat? Because you get hungry. It's good for you, isn't it? Why do you sleep? Because it's good for you. You can help our children by explaining that sleep is good for you. Some of us adults as well. What else do you do day and night? That drink? Yeah, I'd heard that about you. <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah, drink, so water. Does anyone rest sometimes? Do you try and get a bit of rest? A little bit of rest is good for you. So we see here work. Work is good for you. It says it's good for man not to be idle. It's good for us to work. But if all we do is work, then actually it's not good for us and we burn out. We need to have a, have a Sabbath. And we see this promise here, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and he meditates on it day and night. Now, I would love for you, just in a, for a moment, on your tables, I want you to talk about this book or the book that you've got on your iPhone, your iPad, or wherever, you, wherever it might be. You might have a different one on your shelf somewhere. What does meditating on the law of the Lord day and night look like for you? I want you to be really honest. It, it could be that you say, you know what, I know a lot of the Bible, I've been a Christian for a very long time. You might say, actually, I, you know what, I don't even, I've never read the Bible before, I've, I'm just here for the first time, I don't, there's free coffee, and that's why I'm here. But what does it look like? You might say, actually, you know what, I really struggle. A lot of people I know, when they come to the Word of God, they start to feel really tired. I think that's a spiritual thing that needs praying away. A lot of people, they say, I get like two or three verses in, I just feel incredibly heavy-eyed and sleepy. Some people are yawning right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Auto-suggestion. Auto-suggestion. So I just want you, I want you just now on your tables. It's not heavy. There's no condemnation. But it's really helpful, like with integrity. Actually, you know what? I find this, this book, although it brings life to me, and I know it's good for me, I really struggle giving myself to it. My delight is not in it. My delight's probably more in Netflix or on the... I don't know, on other things, you know. Like, I, I have no problems giving myself to those things. But on this, you know what, like if, if it was on a graph chart or a pie chart, it would be so small. That's all right to say that because we want to encourage one another that what sort of person do we want to be? And, that, and this, this is what this is going to encourage us. What sort of reputation do we want to have about being about? And so let's just take a minute on our table. Just talk about how you find the word of God approaching it. Do you delight in it day and night? Right, okay. Okay, if you can just draw your conversations to a close, that would be great. So is there anyone that feels particularly bold to share if you've, uh, of your experience? Put your hand up. Ruth, go for it, nice and loud, where you're at. Ruth, you know you wanted to do it, then you can't yourself have permission. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, that's great. And so this was kind of what we were chatting with. I was with Adam and Lizzie, and um, we, we were saying the same. So there's this whole thing where imagine like some of the things we talked about that you can do day and night. Imagine like going to the gym. Like I used to do quite a lot of running, train for marathons and things like that. And there are times when if your expectation is every time that you come to the word of God, you're going to come, come out of it like, yeah, steep end revelation. This is amazing. I've just had a, an angelic visitation and God's really spoken to me about um, the future of my mission to the nations you're, you're going to be really disappointed if you're expecting that every time it's like if I go on a, a 10 mile run training for a marathon and I'm going to expect to come back invigorated and full of life and energy um, that's not going to be the payoff from it but I know that it's doing me good and it's preparing me for what lies ahead um, and it's like that when we come at the word of God there, there will be these occasions when we will come out of it just energised and energy, but it, it's kind of like one of those things where it's just an investment in your soul. We see this here. You, he delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And the payoff from this is what follows. The person that does that will be like a tree that is planted by streams of water. Now, if you're a tree, where do you want to be planted? Do you want to be planted in the middle of the desert, some arid place where there's no water? If you want to flourish, if you want to be fruitful, if you want lots of leaves, you want nice long branches that extend not just beyond your own trunk but across into others to protect them where do you want to be planted you want to be planted by a stream of, of life of living water it's the best place to be so when we come to the word that's what we're doing we're literally choosing one of the words that we'd had was before we got planted as a church we went to um, a few different churches. We went to Herne Bay. You might remember Steve Dunn recently. He came and he pointed out that sign there saying about, as a church plant, we've got to have a realistic expectation of fruitfulness in a short time. Plan for the long term. Well, when we were with their ch- church, we had so many words about being like a tree that was being planted here in Sittingbourne and that we were to be very concerned with our roots. Uh, when we got prayed for by Relational Mission, we did a little video, a three-minute video, and one of the things we asked to be prayed for was for our roots that we're like a tree that wants to be firmly rooted. We don't want our branches to extend so far, but our roots to have not gone down, that actually as soon as anything comes, we just topple over. We really want to draw in the nutrients of, of Sittingbourne. We've moved here. We want to be a part of the ground. Much like a coffee plant, it, it takes on the, like, the flavour and the vibe of the soil, doesn't it? When you get different beans from different countries, like with wine as well, it, it, literally the, the reason they're different is because of the soil. It's not necessarily so much the seed... Or the plant, it's the soil, it's the nutrients, it's the environment within which it's planted that kind of defines the shape and the colour and the texture and the notes and the hints that are within what it produces. And it's like that for us. We could think of this as a church plant. We really want to be rooted in Sittingbourne. We don't want to be just like superficial. We rock up here on a Sunday and then we disappear. We really want to be known and a part of the weaving fabric of the day-to-day of local life. Whether that's here in Sittingbourne, whether that's in Tenham, wherever we might find ourselves... We really want to be part of the soil here. That our roots would go deep and we would take on the life from that. And also for us as, as believers, individually and corporately, we would really put our roots down into God. That we're not just connecting with one another. Some trees do that, don't they? They interlink their roots with one another to get a widespread. And that's where their stability comes from. But for us, as much as we want to do that, we want to be together there's a real sense that we really need to root ourselves into Sittingbourne. Now, some of you would have lived here for decades, and that's great. And your wonderful benefit to us as newbies sort of coming in, we're a couple of years in almost. But we really want to sort of 
both be connected to one another but also locally. And as we do that, we're going to yield our fruit in season. And so there's a real sense that there are seasons of fruitfulness. And if there are seasons of fruitfulness, there are also going to be seasons where there doesn't appear to be a lot that's going on. We could think of last year a little bit like that. The, the fruit of last year for us as a plant wasn't, you know, wow, 30,000 in Sittingbourne got saved. Wow, wasn't that amazing? That, you know, Billy Graham-like revival in, in Sittingbourne. That was of the prayer before we came. But much like that, that coffee plant, there are seasons of fruitfulness and it takes time and preparation and that fruitfulness actually comes from rootedness. That's what we see here. Fruitfulness comes from rootedness. Being planted by a stream of living water with deep roots that are soaking up all the ground then produces fruitfulness. If you expect fruitfulness in your life without being rooted in God, you're, you're deluded. It's not how it works. Fruitfulness comes from rootedness. And fruitfulness means the ability to endure because it says afterwards that the leaf does not wither. So if you feel like a leaf that is withering and shriveling up right now, how's your rootedness? How is your root? Are you rooted deep into God? And that's the first question when you've spoken on your tables. That's kind of what we're asking one another. As difficult as it is, as challenging as it is, fruitfulness comes from rootedness and that enables us to endure We've, we've just moved house. We've got three pot plants, all of which are struggling a little bit to, to hang on to life. Um, they were my responsibility to look after and to water. And uh, during the move, they've just kind of been shoved in. Like We've got a little fireplace that's like an open fire. It's empty. And they've just been shoved there behind loads of other units and things. And the other day, we cleared out the front room to decorate. And there's these three poor little plant pots that are all shriveled up. Their leaves are withering and their leaves are falling off. Literally had to break off a few limbs just to sustain life. You know, the dodgy bits you've got to break off, otherwise it affects the whole thing. Those plants need to be well nourished and watered and cared for. And for that, they need to be tended by a gardener. That plant in and of itself cannot look after itself. And so we're not inanimate objects like the tree here. We get to choose where we're planted. We get the choice. Are we planted, like I joked earlier, but for some of us it might be the reality, are we planted into Netflix? Are we planted into other things other than the word of God? Not that those things are bad, but if they're our primary source of nourishment, they're going to fail us. They're, they're cracked in the empty wells. Are we planted into alcohol? What are the things that we might be sustained, get, drawing our life from? That's not streams of living water. And the person that gives themselves to being rooted in God finds that in all they do, they prosper. So now there's a sense that actually the very place that you're rooted now begins to define the reality of the world within which you live. You put your hand to stuff and it's successful. You prosper. There's favour. There's opportunity. Not because of anything that you've done that's wise, other than the fact that you've been wise enough to put your roots down into God. And now he's going to use you, like it says about um, being oaks planted with righteousness for the glory of God. So God's going to establish you to be something that's observable and prosperous in this day and age so that when everything else fails, the very thing that's, that's got the glory of God on it is the church. Those who are faithful in their rootedness, not in their output, in trying to do lots of good works, but actually the very fact that they're rooted. Above anything else, the only thing that this tree's done is rooted itself into God. And then in everything it does, it doesn't, it's not specific here about any activity, there is prosperity and there is faithfulness. 
and then it says after this that there's a contrary reality. So like basically where we started off is like there's a choice. We all have a choice about what we're going to give ourselves to. What are we going to root ourselves into? We see that the outcome for one who decides to root themselves in God is prosperity, it's, faith, it's fruitfulness, it's longevity, it's prosperity. These things are good things. I don't know about you, like, I, that, that sounds like a winner already. Fruitfulness, prosperity, longevity. I want that on my life. I want that on my children's life. I don't know about you, what, what you want for your life, but that seems like a wise decision. And then the output of choosing the, the alternative looks like this. They are like chaff that the wind drives away. Like I've not got a bit of paper scrunched up. But if you've got a bit of paper and just scrunched it up, Jitte, could you just pick that bit of paper up that's scrunched up and could you just blow it? Just blow it out your hands? That is what the life is like of someone. You probably all missed that. But you know like that tumbleweed moment that you get in comedy things when it just like gets blown away. That is what the life of someone is like who doesn't put their roots down into God. Just like chaff that gets blown away. It's got, it's got no... What word am I after? It's got, it's got no root. It's got nothing about it that, that gives it any longevity. It's got nothing about it that makes it prosperous. It's got nothing about it that makes it appealing to anybody. It's just literally good for nothing. It just gets blown away. And then the outcome of that, because it's not rooted... It won't stand in the judgment. It's blown away. It's literally that rootedness. When the judgment comes and the, the wind of testing comes, there's no rootedness. That Literally, they will not stand in the judgment. Just all be blown over. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And so in our day and age, whilst we're here in Sittingbourne, we've got a real, individually, and then that will define our reputation, like Adam said, of us corporately, what each of us choose individually will define who we are corporately. Like, uh, we, we can roll out banners full of vision and full of, you know, like, yeah, yeah, let's go and do this, let's go and do that, let's go out on the streets and share the gospel with people. But if each of us choose to stay disconnected from God, that will define who we are as a church. We can bang the drum of vision and mission and all, say, yeah, we're going to go after it. And we could do all of that completely detached from being rooted in God. And so I think this whole encouragement is like, what, who do we want to be? Do we want to be fruitful? Do we want to flourish? What do we want? And then, and then what, if we say yes and amen and we want that, what do we need to give ourselves to? And the really encouraging thing, it's not a long list of to-dos. We don't have to go through the temple courts. We don't have to go through offerings. We don't have to go through sacrifice. We just have to come to the word of God in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and say, Jesus, would you refresh me? Jesus, would you nourish me? Because this is the promise in your word. I feel like a shriveled up old tree right now. I feel like one of Gordon's pot plants that's dying. And I need the great gardener to come into my life and to tend to me and to break off that which is going rotten and to put life in where the roots are dry and I am going to flourish. Now, I think for some of you this morning, that might be literally your heart's cries. Like, I'm a rubbish gardener and I can't tend to myself and I cannot sustain myself and I've tried for years to do it and I've tried all sorts of things, putting it in there, hoping that it's going to nourish and sustain and bring fruitfulness. And actually, you know what? The only thing that is, is coming to Jesus and hearing what he's got to say about my life and allowing him to lead me and not me leading myself. 
me defining, me choosing what I'm going to put into the roots. But actually, I'm just giving it all over to God and saying, God, would you lead me? Cause me to be fruitful for your glory. And then the prayer beyond that is, Lord, would you help us to be fruitful for your glory? And we say, right, okay, based on that, we are going to pray beyond ourselves. We're going to honour Jesus. We're going to obey his word. We're going to give ourselves literally to being rooted in the word of God. Not just in what we hear, but in what we do. We're going to meditate on what this says. And then in the morning, we're going to wake up and we're going to live it out. It's exciting. Or it's not. And so I just want you to, we're going to, it's 11 o'clock. I want you just to, for each of you, this will be different. And can we do it after? Is that all right? So I want you to break into your tables and I want you just to pray for one another about what is the very thing that this touches on. This should touch on something. You might say, oh, I'm such a flourishing, wonderful example of Christian faithfulness and rootedness and prosperity that I'm doing all right. Or you might say, actually, you know what? I really need some help. I need some encouragement. I need a bit of accountability. Would you pray for me for this? I need to break the hold of this that I'm going to. I need to give myself to X, Y, and Z. Is that okay? And then after we've done that, we'll hear from Adam and we'll wrap up. That'd be great. Cheers, guys.